even when you're tired at the end of your nine to five, that little moment will start to energize you. And when that sort of little bit of energy gets going, the wheels just start to turn. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full-time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Robinhood for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up now at dreamjob.robinhood.com. That's dreamjob.robinhood.com. Also, thanks to BioClarity. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. Save 40% on skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. That is an incredible deal, but you need to enter code DREAMJOB at checkout. Hi, guys. It's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I love you guys so much. I know you have so many things you could be doing with your time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for showing up and listening to the show. It means the world to me. And I'm so glad that we got such good feedback on the last episode we did because we'd never done that before. I've been loving coaching and I've been loving working with you guys. Seriously, I feel like something new and so exciting. I turned to my husband in the kitchen the other day and I said, I'm so excited. And he said, what? What is it? I said, it's so cool. It's like opening up this new gift. And he said, what? And I said, I'm really feeling like this is my lane, like the coaching work. It just feels so epic to me on so many levels. And it's been so enjoyable. And I've always known that I had a gift for that. But I think just like I tell all of you to stop apologizing and to step into your power, to just step on into it. I feel like I've been doing that. And I feel like those of you who've been listening to this show since the beginning have heard me grow. Just like all of us, you know, we're all a work in progress and we're all leveling up and breaking through limiting beliefs. And I have my own just like everybody else. And it's just incredible to me how it's been hidden in such plain sight. And I think one thing I realize about my own self and my own journey as I'm stepping into this role more and more and having so much fun expanding doing all of this coaching and coming up with new offers of how I can coach and different programs we're going to roll out and different ways that I will be conducting workshops and facilitating this kind of deep transformational work. As I'm doing that, I'm recognizing for myself and for all of you a really important lesson, which is that people see your greatness. And I think you've had that experience, right? Where friends of yours are showing you a version of yourself that's like the best version. And you don't necessarily see that. 
But I think when you've been on the other side of that, when you're sitting at the desk and somebody comes in from the interview or you are sitting amongst friends, you want people around you to know their worth. You're waiting for them to sort of accept the crown and put it on their heads. Like we want people around us to feel great and we want to be able to look to other people for advice and direction. And we want the person around us who says, I got this. Here's what I think. We crave that. And I think so often we do ourselves and other people a disservice because we shrug our shoulders and play ourselves down. And there's really no reason for that because each one of us has so much greatness. Each one of us has been given incredible tools and insights to share with the world. I was sitting with someone the other day and I was saying to her, honestly, I said, it's selfish to put yourself down and tell yourself you're not good at it. Whatever it is that all of us do that thing with or about, I want you to think about it like this. It's a moral obligation to the planet. If you have this thing that you know that people keep telling you is beautiful or incredible or helpful or such a resource, we must stop selling ourselves short and receive that and walk forward and just step into your power and stop playing it down. And it's amazing how people argue for their limitations and they will just spend time telling you why that's not true or why they can't. And I took a walk near the ocean the other day and it was amazing, beautiful. I've been doing a lot more pausing and just really cultivating time to restore. And it's so incredibly important. And I was standing in front of the ocean, I was looking out and I was thinking, one of the things that's amazing about looking at the ocean is that it's a blank canvas. It's just God's work, right? It's just a blank canvas. You look out there and there's nothing man-made. It's just this blank canvas of energy and life and vitality and beauty and abundance and richness and color. And it's just gorgeous blank canvas of purity. And we get to decide what we do with this blank canvas. And I feel like, like my friend Jenny says, the power is always on. The electricity is always on, but are we going to plug into it? We have this blank canvas of just energy and the most delicious soil that anything you plant in it will will grow. And we show up and we get to decide what we're going to build with that. And quite often, I think we just don't build the most beautiful versions of what we are and what we can make and what we can give because we we decide that we're limited or that it's not possible. And so we spend tremendous amounts of energy building other things and other realities. It's not that we're not spending energy to build something. We are, but we spend energy building within a a, a false cage. That's like this illusion that we've created through limiting beliefs and which is partially our environment, how we grew up, messages that we received, but we can change that. So I want you to keep working through those limiting beliefs because we can create as far as the eye can see. And I think that that's what I do for you. I think I'm getting clearer and clearer that my job is to help light a path for you to see yourself in the greatest, highest version of yourself, and then to show you what's possible and to move you into action. And I love that I'm getting letters day after day that you guys are seeing that and then you're taking that action and it's going to require taking that action. And I know it's scary, but I promise 
as you take that action, you're going to gain tremendous clarity about what the next step is and what the next step is. So I'm loving doing this coaching work. And you guys, I'm giving away so many incredible bonuses that involve coaching when you pre-order my book. So you have until May 1st, if you pre-order my book, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to have the book anyway, because it's a great book. If you like this podcast, you're going to love this book because it's all of the things that I think are the juiciest pieces all in one book. It's sort of all put together in a plan. What actions to take, What are the most important things to chew on in terms of getting yourself out of those limiting mindsets? And then what are the things to take with you as you strategize and move into action and move forward? So I'm sure you're going to love this book. And even if you're not a reader, you can get the audio version, right? So then it's sort of like listening to the podcast, except you get hours of it and it's this book. And it is so worth it, even if you don't ever read it or listen to it, because for the 20 bucks it costs, you will get all of these bonuses that are worth thousands and thousands of dollars. You, If you get the book before May 1st, you will get six weeks of coaching inside of this private group that I'm putting together. And then you will also get to be part of a raffle for a one-on-one coaching session. And I'm giving away several of those. You'll also get to be part of a raffle for a gift card to either Anthropology or Nordstrom. You get to choose. And if you, we extended the deadline. If you order the book by tonight, you will also be included to be able to choose one of those free masterclasses in either how to create a successful podcast or how to create a successful online course or how to really understand the three essential steps to really grow your business from passion to profit. So all of that is worth way more than the 20 or 22 bucks that it's going to cost you. So go ahead, pre-order the book. Also, you're helping me more than you probably realize because since most humans don't listen to podcasts, It's really an incredible way for us to spread the word about what we're doing because when a book becomes a bestseller, then everyone starts to talk about it. Now, for people who've never heard about my show, once the book becomes a bestseller, even if they never buy the book, they will start to hear about this premise of don't keep your day job. And what does that mean? And there will be people having conversations about this and asking themselves these questions of, is it really possible? And what do I really love? And can I really do it? And am I selling myself short? And then there'll be lots of people who might start to take action and build incredible things, which is just so important, right? How many people do we need doing the things that they love? How much more beauty and goodness will that add to the world? How much less arguing over a million things will be happening when people are busy with a project, feeling great about their life and adding something and feeling that sense of purpose? Because remember, that purpose is everything. So it'll mean the world to me. Plus you get tons of incredible bonuses. There's a link in the show notes. You can also go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book. And there you'll find links to order it through Amazon and through Barnes and Noble and audio and iBook, whatever you want. But also there'll be a way for you to input your information so that you can claim your bonuses. So go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book. Get all these awesome bonuses. Get on in on all this stuff. Do it by tonight because we extended the deadline because so many people were saying, wait a minute, I want to buy the book and am I too late to get the class? So we extended it to tonight. So go ahead get in on this. It's going to be super cool, super fun. Lots of great stuff in there. It is all worth 
way more than 20 or 25 bucks, whatever you're going to spend on this book. It is probably collectively worth something more like $8,000 for the six weeks of coaching and the one-on-one sessions I'm giving away, as well as these courses. So go ahead and grab it because this will help you tremendously to start unlocking things and the ripple effects will far exceed whatever it costs you to spend the money on the book. Also, you'll be helping towards a huge cause, which is helping the book become a bestseller and helping the world find out about this message and start to take action toward the thing that they were put here to do. So lots of great stuff there. And I love today's episode because this work is having an impact and it means the world to me that it is working. And it's just so very cool. So today we're going to hear from another listener who started to take action from hearing the show and saw incredible results. Today's guest is Emma Elizabeth Bates. Just a couple of years ago, she was feeling pretty stuck working at an architecture firm. She had gotten two master's degrees in that field. She had a decent salary and benefits, but she didn't feel like she was contributing anything beautiful to the world. And she was listening to this podcast and she was itching to do something that gave her more of that sense of fulfillment. She developed this interest in floral design and she kept listening to that voice. I don't want to give away any more spoilers, but let's just say it's amazing to hear what's resulted from her courage to keep going and forging ahead. Actually, we mentioned her on a show less than a year ago. At the end of the interview we did with Ruth Sukup, I gave Emma a shout out in one of our listener wins. And at that point, she was still working at her day job. But now she has taken over the Baltimore branch of Steel Cut Flower Co. And let's just say she's doing very, very well. So this is super inspiring. She's not Howard Schultz, but she's making an incredible living doing what she loves now. And she's putting so much beauty into the world. Okay, before we dive in, let's just say a quick thanks to our sponsor. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Don't Keep Your Day Job a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at dreamjob.robinhood.com. All right, without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Emma Bates. Hey, Emma, thanks for joining me. Hi, Kathy. It's really, really nice to be with you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I remember when um, you posted and then you messaged me about what you were doing and I thought, keep me in mind. I said, let let us know the progress of this because I want to hear how this shakes out. So tell us where you were when you first started listening Tell us what you were doing then and then what's happened since. Absolutely. So early 2018, I had been at an architecture firm job for five years. So um, I graduated. I had two master's degrees in architecture, actually, and um, an undergraduate degree. I grew up very type A, organized, you know, from a good home, good student, trying to please my teachers, trying to please my parents and kind of kind of going 
through life that way, I guess. Yeah. So I had been working at a, I guess it's like a mid-sized architecture firm in downtown Baltimore. By this time, I'd just gotten married to my husband, who I also met in architecture school. So we're living our best life <laughs> being architects. Everything's fine. But I just remember thinking, I'm not making anything beautiful and mm. I'm not helping anyone. And if I'm not doing either of those things, like, why did I go through all of this? Yeah. I just needed to get creative with my hands. I had always loved flowers. I think I got it from my grandmother. She always had cut flowers in the house and she always, she didn't grow them, but she always designed them. Like, so if someone would bring her a bouquet, she never just set it in water. She kind of like took it apart, found things in the yard, like put it together in a new way. And I saw that. So that was something I had done a little bit on, you know, on the weekends and stuff for myself. But through my wedding, I had a glimpse into doing the research for my own wedding flowers, um, you know, what it was. And that was where I encountered Steelcut Flower Company, which is the company I'm now a part of. Um, but I hired Mary Ellen, who's the founder um, for my wedding, and she had started this small company um, doing flowers in downtown Baltimore. And I just really, really resonated with her style, very sort of natural I kind of call it inevitable it just looks like that's how the flowers are supposed to be but they're mm. a little bit wild so I, I'd seen this and then I went on my honeymoon I was really really happy and I thought in my head this sort of like dread of going back to work right and thinking yeah. oh I'm just so happy right now but what's the one thing that would make it complete and I had this thought and I guess maybe the flowers were on my mind from the wedding that like if that was the job I was going back to I would just be really happy um, so I came back and I start, um, I reach out to Mary Ellen, who's the founder of this small company. And I say, Hey, if you ever need a hand, I'd just really love to get my hands on flowers. I'd love to help you. You know, I sort of have some design experience, but not much of flowers, et cetera. And what made you do that? I think, you know what, honestly, I think it was because of the wedding. Like if I hadn't already been like, she and I had been in contact, like I knew her yeah. at that point. Yeah. And so it seemed accessible to me, you know, I'd seen mm -hmm. her space. And I definitely wasn't looking for a job. I think I had kind of said, hey, if this is my life and my job, you know, maybe I'm going to get a different architecture job at some point, but let me just start a hobby, you know, or a side hustle or just some freelance work on the side, some extra cash. And so, but I had sort of volunteered my time to her to see what it was like, because um, wedding setups are on Saturdays, so it kind of works fine with a nine to five. Mm -hmm. And right. she said, sure, come along this weekend if you're free. We have two weddings this weekend. I'm doing one on my own, but if you'd like to come by and see what I do, sure. And I, you know, I could use a hand. So we got to talking and we just hit it off really well. And then we go to this wedding and it's like a little bit of a disaster. Just like everything's wrong, like the wind is blowing things over, the bride needs her flower crown, she wants it smaller, like things are happening where Mary Ellen's like very busy. So she's sort of leaving me to do a lot of things, even though she doesn't know who I am, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get through the wedding and on the way back, she says, that's the first time that I haven't really had to fix or haven't wanted to fix sort of what my designer is doing right so she's not having to like redesign behind yeah. you as you go yeah. and so she she kind of saw that and felt a connection to me I guess like as a designer in this way and so it kind of started from there and she said we'll come out and we kind of talked about you know other dates other weekend dates um, right. but I really wanted to design that was the thing so I and she would have loved to have me design she wasn't really happy with whoever she had in studio it sounded like but 
that happens during the week. You know, it just is. It's it's yeah. weekday. You know, and you had time. a day job. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I felt a little bit like I was at an impasse in terms of a side hustle or a, or a side pa- passion and what that could really turn into. But I decided I saw this workshop pop up that was unique. It was a floral workshop, but instead of being sort of boutique like some of these are, it was very practical and they were offering it on weekends. So it was like mm-hmm. every weekend in March or something in 2018. And she was going to be teaching there at one time, at, you know, for one of the classes and said, Hey, maybe you want to check this out. So I bought the workshop and um, I had to like leave my job early on Fridays, but then I would go for the whole week and work the entire weekend and just, you know, not be tired at all because I was so exhilarated by what we were doing. Yeah, and I you loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of that, so that was March of last year. So really like a, a year ago, she and I went to go grab a drink to talk about how it went and which dates for the 2018 season I'd be available um, to work with her. And we sat down and she said, you know, how did it go? And I, you know, I kind of talked about a little bit of that feeling of being at an impasse of it was amazing. You know, I don't really know where it can go from here, but obviously I want to do this as much with you as I can. And she said, oh, I wish you had said you want to do it full time because, you know, I'm moving away and I'm wondering if you want to take over the business. Oh my God. And this was your second, third meeting, something like that? Well, quite a few months had passed. We've designed a bit together. So I think we did a few other weddings. I did a few other weddings with, um, and I think I might've been listening to the podcast, your podcast by then. And so I reached out to other designers to get different experience. There were also the point of the workshop had been to train um, freelance florist design, floral designers who could help the local florist. So then there were florists reaching out, trying to get help. And so I think I probably worked on, you know, five or so other weddings for other people um, to get different experiences, things like that. But it was, it was a relatively quick turnaround. Yeah. She was going to be moving away sort of midsummer, but she needed someone to help her finish out her 2018 season. Right. So through the end of the year, she would need someone to come on full time and be her. So we're having this conversation in April and it's kind of like, if I say yes, you know, it's going to be leaving my job as soon as possible, coming on kind of in an intensive internship type way, training under her, and then kind of being her in the fall and helping take over the weddings and execute them for her. So that by 2019, the beginning of that year, it's mine and whatever. And that took us a while to figure out what that meant, but that the, the idea that in 2019, it would be my business. Um, and at that mm-hmm. time we were talking about me launching my own business and that she would be obviously preparing me for that, but also passing clients and wedding connection, you know, planners and people my way. Awesome. So I left that, like went home straight to my husband and like was so incredibly excited, but was like, I 100% am not going to do this. Like, it's not real life. It's not a real job. You know, just all of those thoughts that you have when you been following the rules and going through the motions and you have a, you know, you get paid every other week and you have healthcare or health insurance, you know, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't compute, but it was your dream. So what happened? Well, I had to tell my parents and they just did not think it was a good idea, obviously. Luckily, my husband, Ben, was just incredibly supportive of whatever I wanted to do. He just really believed in me. And he was the first person who said to me, it doesn't matter what people think. And people say that, but that 
was not something that made sense to my brain. You know, I had to kind of really get there. So again, like where your podcast was so helpful. At this point, I'm listening to the podcast nonstop and it's just helping me so much to see people with different experiences, different ways of thinking. You know, Martha Beck, she had to be open to any possibilities. You know, she just didn't rule anything out. Um, and, and so, I don't know, she was just very inspiring to hear. Yeah, I do remember her talking about how, you know, she grew up in a certain way. She was a professor at Harvard, and she thought that people were going to think she was crazy if she started to talk about self-development. And she was like discovering all this magic and all this meaning. But it was interesting yeah. that you said, what are people going to think? What, where does that yes. come from? What were you afraid people would think? You know, I think just this sort of career path nine to five was so normalized. You know, I didn't have anyone in my life that was an example of being an entrepreneur. You know, every, all of my siblings, cousins, whoever it is, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you move forward, you move up. That was how you make people proud. That's the right thing to do. And and the fact that I guess my parents had reacted badly, which I knew they would, they just want you to be safe. But I thought I thought the people at my work would laugh at me. No one would understand what what I was talking mm-hmm. about. And there and I had that thought and you've talked about this. You know, the so many people live in that fear of having the uncomfortable conversation and will make a decision to live like that, you know, in discomfort because they're worried about one uncomfortable conversation. That's right. And I was totally on the verge of being that person. And that's Sarah, Sarah Blondin, because I just re-listened to hers, you know, and she, she has that quote where she says, you know, you're at the threshold and it's like, yep. Yourself saying, you know, what are you going to do, babe? Oh <laughs> yeah. This is what she says. So yeah, it's like that know. threshold of, are you going to let the fear lead or are you going to let your soul lead? Exactly. So what wound up happening? Yeah. So I just had to kind of go on a break. I just had to kind of put my parents on the back burner for a little bit and, you know, stick with my friends, stick with my husband, you know, as a grown 30 year old woman, I can make my own decisions and think about what my husband thinks. It doesn't. And so I think it was growing up to that. And I think a lot of people go through that. And then I kind of just walked through that door. I, you know, pulled the plug. So I said, yes. And we sort of started talking about what that would mean. And what we decided there were a lot of at the time we're having this conversation steel cut flower company is like on the cover of baltimore bride so wow people know cool. who the company is she's done a even though it's a small company she, people know what it is and brides want it um so we had had this thought that she was going to move on and maybe maybe you know reinvent or you know open the company in southern virginia but that it would go away in baltimore and i would be something else and so we had some advice from an accountant and we now use the same accountant, but her accountant at the time saying, is there any way you guys can keep this going? Because it's a household name. And if you both can do it, you know, if, if, it, if it's yeah. a design style that Emma can achieve, you, what do you think? Yeah. That was a, a light bulb moment for us where we said, we got really excited about continuing to work together. And so we came up with this creative solution where I'm basically licensing her trademark and that we would stay united under that brand together. Yeah. Cause she had already spent all that time building that. That makes sense. So you decided that you would basically take over and then pay her some sort of like royalty to use her name, but you would run the entire business. You'd be in charge of all the headaches and all the joys and all that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And that's cool. what I really wanted. And um, I actually hired Christina Scalera 
So ah, you interviewed. Yeah. So yeah. you interviewed her. Um, and because I had no I idea. Guys friends. <laughs> yeah. We kind of, I was like, oh, I need a lawyer, you know, contract negotiations. So yeah, it was hard. It was scary every day. I was still at my job trying to sort of calculate when to tell them. Yeah. And when all of this was going on, I imagine that people listening would be thinking that if this was them, there would be a part of them thinking, what are you doing? How do, how do you have the confidence that you're going to be able to pull this off? You're about to sign a contract. You're going to be paying her this royalty. You're going to be taking right. over her existing shop, which obviously meant expenses too, right? right. Like rent Absolutely. and yes. all these, I don't know, staff members that she had. How did yes. you deal with that feeling of imposter syndrome that may have been trying to creep in? It was, and it was really, really scary. Um, but I think, well, first of all, the, the wedding industry is interesting because you're booking almost a year out. So one of the interesting things was almost as soon as I said yes, we were sort of able to work together and I was able to start booking clients you know, for the next year. So that was almost immediate. Mm-hmm. So it may not have been, you know, who knew if I was going to be able to sort of make as much as I had been making before, but at least we could kind of break even, or, you know, you could kind of guess that you could break even. So that was one people out in advance. Yeah, I get exactly. Another thing was just sort of being brave. And again, my husband kind of saying, you know, we haven't bought a house yet. We, you know, we rent an apartment, you know, we don't have kids yet. If not now, when, and that was really what Mm. he said to me was like, you, and he was like, you are so happy. Like when you're doing this. So he just really felt like the risk just wasn't as as significant as what the reward could be. And again, you talk about it, this sort of looking at the face of like, what's the worst case scenario and really just Mm -hmm. looking at it instead of letting it be this like abstract thing that scares you. Just saying, you know, what's like, what really is it? What's going to happen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is the world going to crumble? Right. Yeah. He just felt like, you know, you're your credentials aren't going anywhere in architecture if this isn't working in a year, you know, and even if we've lost the money, like it's just not going to be that significant that you, and on, and on the flip side, it could change everything, you know? Yeah. So tell us what wound up happening. Cause you told, you took this huge leap, you left your job and how did it go? So when I actually went to go tell my bosses about this, like I said, I wanted to throw up that day. I also wanted to cry. I was incredibly loyal to this company, despite not finding my calling per se at the firm. You know, I love the people there and they were my family. And I was so surprised that everyone was impressed or at least really interested in what I was doing and what I had to say. And Mm. nobody laughed at me. And some of my coworkers, there was one woman in particular, I always think about because she came over to me and she was crying and it wasn't because I was leaving. You know, we weren't that close. She had wanted to do something like that. You know, may not have been flowers, but kind of like, oh my gosh, like you had the courage to kind of take this leap. That was just not what I expected. That's really touching. She hadn't done that. Right. At least yet, not yet. And she's looking at you and she was admiring that. So then what happened? So then it's full time September 1st and I was completely in control. So I was running the studio, but at the same time I had our founder, Mary Ellen, who 
was over my shoulder and helping me in there if anything happened. So I feel like it's a really good model for for someone who might want to expand. It just it seemed like the right kind of training yeah. to be able to do this. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And so January 1, like we were talking about, was when in terms of the business, I took everything over. So paying rent at the studio, you know, paying our freelancers, et cetera, really taking over oh it as gosh. a business. Yeah. We're just coming out of the slow season. So I've had like a couple weddings a month and now we're mm-hmm. going to be in real wedding season where it's two weddings a weekend practically. So it's about to get wow. exciting and I'm scared all the time, but I'm really, really excited too. So that is so amazing. And financially, have you been able to make what you were making at your last job? Are you sort of on on deck to be able to do that when you look at like what's coming like Mm -hmm. what does that look like so I created an LLC in my name and I I wanted to leave it open-ended because I thought this is a creative pursuit now and maybe it'll be forever but Mm -hmm. maybe maybe there'll be other creative things that I do or maybe it will combine with something else and so I might want to do different things under this uh, my own you know personal brand so so that was one thing and and so one of the things that Ben and I my husband looked at was knowing that I was going to be starting off right in sort of the slow season, was there any side kind of a reverse side? Like, was there an architecture side hustle I could take on? Um, Mm. But it's crazy how much work came in um, on on the wedding side of things, on the floral side of things where that wasn't really necessary. And I kind of was overworking myself in February and in March to sort of get it done because I was doing a little bit of both. You know, we talk about moving the goalposts that you need to just stop and look at it because I'm almost fully booked for 2019 and based on, yeah, based on like the projected gross of those wedding proposals, I will be making more than I made at my last job in the first year. Yeah. 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 Like significantly more. That is so cool. And it's just the first year. Yes. Wow. So when you look back on this, what would you advise somebody else who's listening and say like, these are, I think, the crucial steps that I took when I look back. It was this and this. And how would you give someone a feeling of courage that they should go ahead and do that when they might go, but how? Oh my gosh. Like, what if it didn't work out? And who am I to do it? And what if I showed up at the wedding? And who am I to say I could help her? So what advice would you give someone looking at your story that they could maybe use that as inspiration? Yeah. It's kind of that putting that one foot in front of the other and doing it scared and doing something before you're ready. So one of the things that I did right when I just started doing a little bit of this design on my own, you know, around the time of my wedding, I said, I have this urge to make this public. And I put, I set up an Instagram because I I was noticing that I was taking all these pictures of my flower work, but it was kind of like bombarding my personal (laughs) Instagram. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to start this other thing. And I remember when I was about to, you know, go live or whatever, press go do the first post, like so be feeling so scared and looking back, that's just like a tiny little thing. Like you're just creating an Instagram page. It's not a big deal, but, Mm -hmm. and it definitely was not perfect at all. Right. Like these were my first, kind of little designs, but just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, within a month or so of that, just for myself being like, Hey, this is a portfolio, you know? And if I hadn't started a month ago, you know, I'd be a month behind, you know, so just starting. And so when, when I did reach out to her, even just having that, having started that and saying, you know, this is what I've been up to. 
Um, so you just never know where it's going to lead. And it was sort of like right place, right time. Right. So if I hadn't started that in November and sort of listened to that little calling in my mind that said, maybe you should start doing this, it wouldn't have been the right timing for her either, you know? So just, I, I would say you have to just start. That's beautiful. So I absolutely love this story, but before we go on, let's just take a quick ad break. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. Their skincare line offers easy-to-use regimens with good-for-you ingredients that will give you great skin. I love how my skin feels so soft and hydrated whenever I use any product from BioClarity like their cleanser or skin smoothie moisturizer. And it's reassuring to know that I'm feeding my skin with good natural ingredients instead of some weird chemicals. I tend to get drier skin, so I'm a big fan of their essentials routine, which is a three-step regimen, just cleanse, restore, and hydrate. Since I started using the essential routine, I've noticed that my skin has become so much smoother and I feel like I can really shine, which really helps me show up as my best self throughout the day. It's packed with detoxifying and calming nutrients, antioxidants, and a super special ingredient, Floralux from plants. It comes with everything you need to nurture, hydrate, and restore your skin. Plus, it helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evens out skin tone and texture for a healthy glow. So get healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. You'll save 40% on skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. Just enter the code DREAMJOB at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and get 40% off skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website when you use code DREAMJOB at checkout. As far as the business itself, what have you learned that really makes it work in terms of getting the name out there, in terms of getting clients in the door? What is some business advice you can give us that we can apply to our own enterprises? So I've been fortunate enough that I'm sort of buying into this marketing that already exists for this company. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our company Instagram is so well followed that I almost have more inquiries than I can handle, you know, so... I've been lucky in that sense. I feel like one thing people could do with that, if there's something local, something small enough that they could reach out and say, I love what you're doing. And I live across town or mm-hmm. I live somewhere else or, and I'd love to, to build upon what you've mm-hmm. done. In fact, when we had Daisy Chain Book Co. here, she was right. talking about her bookmobile and someone who lives on the other side of the country had reached out to her and said, I'd love to build my own bookmobile. Can I license that from you? So Mm. that is something that I'm seeing a little bit happening. And I don't know that people talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. I think that people do assume they need to go it alone when maybe they can partner with someone else who already is doing a lot of good yeah. and they, they love their vision. Yeah. So a small businesses that are, you know, a few years into their um, growth, you know, they might be looking for ways mm-hmm. to grow and wondering how they're going to do it. And then if someone were to approach them. I love that. I love that you brought that up. Now, in terms of getting specific and being, you know, you just said you're basically booked for all of 2019. Let's talk specifically. What would you say is helping you right now get the word out? Are you, is it social media? Is it marketing? Yes. Um, what are some of the things that you could give us in terms of advice on, on where to, to, to go when you want to be booking more clients and getting more customers in the door? I would say our number one is uh, Instagram. And I think that's because flowers are such a visual thing that Beautiful. every, yeah. yeah. And every, whether you're a bride or, you know, anyone just, it, people like it to light up their feed. So a lot happens mm-hmm. that way. Um, another thing that we do, which is sort of about 
the giving back side of things um, that we've become a little bit famous for in the city is we do this thing called a flower flash where we, if we have a really big wedding um, the night before every now and then we'll get up early the next day, take all the leftover flowers and like just do a big installation somewhere in the city, like for the public. So Mm, that's that's specific to us, but I think this idea of, sort of giving it away and giving back and making the world a more beautiful place is, is people want that. And I would say when we post that type of thing, those pieces almost go viral more than, you know, anything else that we ever put out there. And that actually really does spread our name. And again, like no one's paying us to do that, but it's serving the community. And the last thing I would say, like from a sort of a businessy standpoint, you know, one of the things that I put a lot of time into is sort of, I guess the customer service, customer relations side of things. And it's sort of that Mm -hmm. putting myself in someone's shoes, what would they want to hear? What would they need to see um, to kind of feel comfortable and want to book our services? And I I had a bride recently who had called um, for a consultation and halfway through the conversation, she said, my husband doesn't have sight. Uh, meaning, you know, he's blind. I think he he's in the military um, and something had happened. Oh. So it wasn't like his whole life. It was like recent or, you know, in this adult part oh of his God. life. Yeah. So, so sad. But she was, you know, very happy and uplifted and they were excited to get married. And she said, no, all I'm saying oh is he, you know, won't be able to see the flowers, but don't think he's not a part of this. And he really cares about how it looks. So she and I went on to talk about smells and sounds. And I wrote a proposal after that and sent it on its way. And she 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 called me or she wrote to me the next week and said, you know, my fiance would really like to speak to you. And I said, okay. And I thought, this is strange. I never talk to grooms. And, and this groom can't see. So what does he want to say to me, you know? And so we had a, I got on the phone with him. We, we started to talk about the wedding. He was very interested. And he said, your proposal stood out like far and away beyond the other floral proposals and just the other proposals we had for, you know, other aspects of the wedding. And he said, it was so descriptive. And did you write it that way? Because I'm blind. And I said, no, that's that's just the way I write my prose. Like I had never thought of it. It's kind of that thing of no one ever shows you how to do it. So mm-hmm. you just do what you think you would want and what you would want to, you know, see if that came to you. And anyway, he was just very complimentary. And you know, he said he I think he said he did so outreach sweet. for the Navy. And he just said the customer service, both sort of like from me and my proposal, but also the company as a whole. So giving Mary Ellen credit, he was just very, very impressed and pleased and happy. And it was just such an interesting experience. And I thought going back to that nagging feeling of in my old job, you know, I'm not making anything beautiful and I'm not helping anybody. You know, I I took on this this flower thing and I said, okay, well, I'm just going to do this for an hour. Who knows how long, at least I'll be doing something beautiful. Right. But after this, encounter it was like wait maybe I am helping people you know maybe I'm serving him and his wife the way that they something that they really want for their wedding in the way that they want it yeah I mean what a contrast right it's amazing and you get to be a part of people's milestone moments and it's way up there in terms of purpose and meaning yeah and um and I do have to say I love what you love about steel cut flowers, I, th- this company, because I love that they do feel 
like they are just given the grace to be flowers. Mm-hmm. Like there's not all of this added hoopla. Yes. It's very much this minimalist, um, like you just happened upon mm-hmm. a blooming field of wildflowers yes. and you just, you know, gave them to someone you loved, like in a very like simple transaction of like the sun kissed these leaves and I, I just gave them to you. Like it Absolutely. seems like you That's guys it. really honor the magic of nature Definitely. and it, it, that's such a beautiful premise. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, no, but it's so obvious, you know, it's so obvious. So sitting where you are now, how do you feel? Yeah, well, I feel happy. A lot of the time I feel, I'm so happy I pushed through that initial fear. You know, everything's yes. great with my parents now, you know, everyone's on board, you know, so I think a lot about sort of the deathbed of regrets. <laughs> That's something I use to sort of change my perspective to think about, will I have regretted this? And so when I think about that now, I feel so happy all the time because there's no oh, way I'm going to oh, regret yeah. this. So yeah, I, I have to say I do feel scared all the time still. And I, I don't think that goes away. Well, it's interesting because we gave you a shout out on one of our earlier episodes after you had written in about what you were yes. doing and how cool it was. And it was on Ruth Sukup's episode. Right. And Ruth, she's so amazing. And she has her own podcast called Do It Scared. And you said that yeah, um, a few minutes yeah. ago, you got to do it scared. Totally. And so I think that the fear, it's not about figuring out how to get rid of it. It's about like Seth Godin said, dance with yes. the fear. And I think that fear is, um, it's like there's the light side and the dark side of all of us. You know, we all are always going to have a part of us that um, is so courageous. And then there's a part of us that second guesses and wants to sabotage. And I think that's where free will Mm -hmm. comes in, right? That's where being a human being and being a walking contradiction. And that's where when you're watching the end of a Disney movie or Rudy or Hercules or whatever it is, everyone's crying because we all know so well that part of ourselves that just is desperate to sit it out and doesn't think that we are big enough or can handle it. And then there's a part of us, like you said, with Sarah Blondin, that that threat at that threshold, every time we come up against that knows, you know, vote for your soul, let your soul do the, do the talking. And that's what makes right? things exciting. Yeah. It's yeah, building that exactly. muscle and pushing through so that you can do a little bit more the next day, but it's important to look backwards yeah. too and just kind of revel in what you've done. Cause that's important. Yeah. And I think another piece of it where the fear comes up is just our self-worth. Like, I think there's a big part of all of us that's like, do I even deserve it? It's okay. I'll settle. I'll be fine. I'll save Uh this job. uh You know, who am I to deserve to create a new model? It's not like anyone around me is doing this. And I think when we change that paradigm, it's like doing spiritual Uh chin-ups where you're literally like having to like lift yourself beyond what a part of you tells you you deserve. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a heroic effort. Yeah. And I think the shifting of the mindset or just trying to get a different perspective somehow, even if you don't know where it's going to lead, you know, that's really helpful to not just kind of stay in the same mental space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. That mental space is yeah, the worst. Because that's the that's the big yeah. I think that's the big first breakthrough is just sort of seeing things in a different way, um, getting a little bit of different perspective. That's so awesome. I love it so much. And it just makes me so happy. Like this is literally why I do the show, is because I want people to be 
baking more and writing more and dancing more and opening up their shops and putting floral, yeah. beautiful floral arrangements together. And to hear that I was able to have some part oh my in gosh, helping you find Kathy, that courage. You are my cheerleader. You know, Martha Beck, Jensen Jarrow, Angela Duckworth. Like it was like every day I was like taking notes. Like that's where so much of the strength came from. It's so amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. So as we're signing off, this was so Thank beautiful. You. you said early on that you think you loved flowers because of your grandmother. What was that experience as a kid? What what does that mean? You know, my grandmother, her name was Rose. And I, I just really remember Aww. this sort of in, it's just, it's just an image. She just had cut flowers in her house. She had an eye for design. Um, and so even though that wasn't something that she did professionally, I think she could have. And I think just seeing her, you know, work with flowers did inspire me in some way. That's so sweet. <laughs> and her name was Rose. I love it. Um, as we're signing off, do you feel like there's anything you want to share with whoever is listening right now who is just kind of in awe of your story and wishing that they were sitting where you are right now? What advice do you have as we're sort of signing off today? I would say sort of making time, even if it's just a tiny bit amount of time, because I know when you have a, a day job, you're so exhausted at the end. But whether it's, you know, taking a class once a week or, just doing something creative, just carving out a little bit of time. Because I think the most amazing thing is even when you're tired at the end of your nine to five, that little moment will start to energize you. And when that sort of little bit of energy gets going and the connections get made and you write that email reaching out, the wheels just start to turn. So I think it's sort of about right. putting the keys in the ignition, you know, and just, just starting small um, and just making that energy, taking that time because it's going to, it's going to build and you're going to feel more energized when you do. So I just, I think it's about kind of getting that momentum, if that makes sense. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that that's so beautiful. Tell us where we can find you. Well, you can follow me and Mary Ellen. Um, Steelcutflowerco.com is our website. We have sort of an overarching Instagram that's Steel Cut Flower Co. on Instagram. I specifically am Steel Cut underscore MD because I am in charge of everything Maryland related to the company. Mm -hmm. um, or if you want to reach out to me, you could email me. It's steelcutflowerco.md at gmail.com. So awesome. Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you for your time and thank you for this story. And can't wait to hear what's going to happen for you. <laughs> Thank Cannot you. Cannot wait. You have to keep us posted. Okay, I will. Awesome. I love talking to Emma. It's always so inspiring to hear how far you guys have stretched and the incredible accomplishments you've made from listening to this show. It is just the coolest gift you could give to me. So I'm so glad that this is helping. Here are some takeaways. Number one, surround yourself with the people who believe in you, even when you don't believe in yourself. Number two, if not now, then when? Don't live with regrets. Number three, put one foot in front of the other. Number four, do it scared. Do it before you're ready. Number five, just start. Number six, you don't have to build it from scratch. You could get in the trenches with someone who is already doing what you want to do. Number seven, give back to the world in a beautiful way. Number eight, put yourself in your customer's shoes. Give them the treatment and care that you would want. Number nine, carve out any time you can to work on your passion. That little moment will give you incredible energy to keep going. You just have to put the keys in the ignition first. 
If you want these takeaways and some discussion questions, you can find a link to download all that in the show notes. Also, remember, we have these amazing bonuses available if you pre-order my book before May 1st. So there will be a link to sign up for those bonuses in the show notes, but you could also find all of that if you go to don'tkeepyourdayjob.com slash book. You can pre-order the book and then make sure that you can sign up to get all of those bonuses. Also, last thing, I mentioned it last week, but I want to mention it again because it really hit me in a new way. You know, we were nominated for a Webby Award, which is a huge honor. And we were nominated for Best Business Podcast. And it's just incredible because we're up against huge shows like Freakonomics and Reed Hoffman's show called Masters of Scale and Harvard Business Review. And I was looking at it and I was thinking, God, this is just such an honor. It's so cool. And I realized not only is this just so amazing that they chose to put us in this group and that they see the value in our show and recognize us because I'm sure there were thousands and thousands and thousands of entries because there's probably a million podcasts every single week. I'm, I'm guessing something like that. But what's incredible is that we're the only female hosted show, I believe, among these five. So I'm really proud of that. And what's cool is there's two Webby Awards. So the Webby Awards are going to be chosen soon. The, the committee is going to decide. But then they also have what's called the People's Voice Award, where they let people vote. So that's a second award. So we might get the first one. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. We'll find out if the Academy chose us. But you can help us win the People's Voice Award. So there's a link in the show notes. It'd be so cool if you voted. Maybe we'll win the People's Voice Award. But either way, I really feel like we won, that we were even nominated. It's so incredible. I'm just super, super grateful for that. Now, I want to keep featuring you guys. I want to keep having listeners on the show who've been listening to Don't Keep Your Day Job and then going ahead and making these incredible dreams come to life. So if you have a story like Emma's that you want to share, or even if you just made your first decision during your side hustle, whatever win you have... I'd love to hear about it because sometimes I do a shout out. Sometimes we can have you on for a full interview. You can go ahead and post about it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can send us an email to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. You can also come follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller because that's always just an easy way to connect. There's so many cool episodes coming out. I cannot wait to share with you. So please take a second, make sure you are subscribed. Go ahead right now, make sure you're subscribed to the show. It doesn't cost anything. And it does mean the world when you guys leave a review. So if you haven't done that yet, please go ahead and do that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Go ahead and pre-order the book so you can get all these bonuses. I can't wait to start meeting you guys in these classes I'm going to be giving and in these coaching sessions. That's going to be so, so awesome. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. I could use a fresh coat of paint change my scenery wake up in the morning and choose to be brave and set